0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex. Now, today we have a special guest on the podcast. Nakenji Clark, also known as Kenji, is a New York City-based high school counselor. For undergrad, she graduated from Spelman College back in 2015 and afterwards went on to receive her master's of education in counselor education with a dual certification in school counseling and clinical counseling just last year at Penn State University. To say she's an overachiever would be an understatement. I've always known Kenji to be an uplifting, vibrant and positive spirit, so it was great to have her on as a guest and listen to her open up about her own personal dealings with money as well as shedding some light on how mental health and money go hand in hand. As always, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Play, still waiting for Spotify or you can follow along on SoundCloud. So, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey Kenji, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well today. Good. All right, so let's just kick this off. Before we get started, Um, introduce yourself. So, for those who may not know who you are, uh, tell us more about you. Okay,
1: so I go by Kenji. Everyone calls me that. My birth name is McKenzie. Um I'm a counselor, a uh, Bronx girl from New York, a young millennial, just finding her way and walking in her purpose. Nice,
0: nice, nice. How long have you been a counselor for? <laughs>
1: um, well... According to the degree, almost two years, but definitely in practice and doing my thing, maybe close to
0: three. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So as you know, this podcast is all about, well, not all about, but it has a big emphasis on money, and um, my whole thing is just getting millennials like yourself to kind of talk about money and just like your experiences with money so growing up how is money discussed in your household and how it, and how has it affected the way you handle your money if it's affected it at all
1: okay so good question this is something i had to like explore more so in my adult years maybe in the last year or so um money was not talked about maybe oh we don't have it or not right now Um, But it was more so that I saw money growing up as a form of love, like gifts and rewards. Mm -hmm. So especially for my grandparents. So it's just like, we love you, so we buy you stuff. You do well, so you get nice things. Um, The reason why um, you can get both the things that you're asking for is because you're a good
0: grandchild
1: you know mm-hmm. um, and I never ever heard of my mom talk about a savings account like, oh wow ever
0: ever <laughs> why do you think that is
1: I think you know um it was more like if I had the money or if it's on my card if my bills are paid and the, the main things are handled, then why not swipe away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess everybody's goals are different. And yeah. So when you start having those goals, of like I do need some money or, I do need cushion or I do want to generate wealth, then maybe savings pop up in your head. Like, yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So how has this affected the way you handle money personally?
1: Um, I'm out of control. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I um, definitely have had to be way more conscious and have more self-control. Um, going away for school when I went away for undergrad, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, a thousand miles away. I was in Atlanta. I was having a good time. <laughs> and you get a refund check. So these refund checks was really, like, slight, slight, you know, <laughs> yes you my first bank account, my first debit card, i was messing up, oh, okay. When Michael Kors was a thing, I was getting handbags left and right. But, um, towards <laughs> the end of undergrad, <laughs> when I was going into grad school, I was like, okay, I see how much college costs, how much I spent in loans, grants, and scholarships. I need to cut it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, real quick. For those who don't know, where did yeah. you go to undergrad?
1: Ballman so I'm in college in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. So I was just like, you know what? I need, it's part of growing up, and it was uncomfortable because I couldn't say, if I have to think of an insecurity mind, it's money.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow. You know
1: what? I need to be uncomfortable and confront that I'm not making the best decisions when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. So in grad school, I did do a little better. Um, looking back, I could see okay, I shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. But now as an adult, it's improved even more. That's so awesome. I think as I get older and the more goals I have and the kind of lifestyle I want for myself, mm-hmm. um, I have to save, I have to be conscious of my money as well as play, but, you know, realize I didn't need to buy lunch every day of the week. I can pack lunches. Yeah.
0: yeah. How was that when you kind of uh, first confronted yourself, you know, about your, your money habits? Because I, I feel like that's such a, it can be such a scary thing to do because you're basically like trying to end or break you know a habit or like like, kind of like a part of you so so how was that was it scary for you or was it something that you were like no I'm I'm ready to do to do it Um, I feel like
1: I was never really ready I was kind of forced because um certain things were happening in my life and I realized I'm becoming a big girl now, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and nobody's going to have you like you. So true. And part of, you know, adulting and part of being stable and part of my wellness is getting my finances together. And as a counselor and as a mental professional... I'm not going to tell my clients or students to do certain things when it comes to healing, which can be uncomfortable at times, and not do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I needed to get my money situation under control and understand where it came from and how not to repeat those cycles. So it was definitely, like, scary. And the first time I said it out loud, I think I was talking to a small group of people. I Mm -hmm. started getting choked up. Like, who gets choked up? over money and wow. spending but I think we were having a discussion about insecurities and people are saying you know my my weight or my this or my that and I'm just like my relationship with money needs to be healthier and I was like oh well, oh my gosh I'm really like admitting this but um I'm clearly now at not ashamed of my stuff, and part of my stuff is, like, my financial wellness and my
0: growth. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm on this podcast, which is pretty vulnerable for me.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for, for doing this and, be, and being so open and vulnerable. I, I appreciate it. Um, so now that you've kind of, like, confronted, you know, your financial situation, do you consider yourself to be a spender or a saver?
1: Um, according to my bank account, they say I save a little bit more than I spend, but I still think I'm overspending. Baby I steps. Do
0: better. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. You're getting there. As long as you're putting in the effort. Yeah. That's that that's a big thing. So that's great. Um so what personal financial goals are like have you set that you're that you're working towards? Um so,
1: this, the job I have now, I'm a counselor in a high school, and it's my first salary job. So, it's not by the hour. It's not a stipend. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's my first salary job. And um I can honestly say I'm so blessed um, being that I got the job at 23
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, making money that usually families have to, you know, when you have kids or something. But um, I was reminded in my quiet time when, like, I'm um, spending time with my faith and with myself that you have to continue to be humble. And being humble is also being, like, um, mindful mm-hmm. and not just being greedy, like, swipe, 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 or spend, 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 or yeah. now I'm going to get this, now I'm going to get that. No, like. You have to think about your goals. I have um, a couple bills to pay. There's bills that I will have to pay in the future because I want more things. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like, go through every paycheck every two weeks. That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> so, after, like, literally, after a couple months of, like, working, um, when I realized that um, every... Every paycheck, it was just like, you have really not much left over and nothing at all. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, it's
0: a scary Um, feeling when you have more. It's a scary feeling when you have more months than money left at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, what am I going to do? Yes, and I'm like, thank God
1: I'm not in a destitute predicament or nothing, like, really major came up where it's like, oh, shoot, I need a $1,000 for this. Yeah. Oh, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing, um, I forgot which month it was, but a couple months into um, my job, I said, you know what? Let me open up another bank account strictly for savings. Mm-hmm. So I ended up because I am fortunate and I'm hoping, you know, I can continue to do stuff like this, I ended up taking 50% of my check and put it in my savings.
0: That's amazing. Wow.
1: And I, in my savings account, I don't know if all banks do this, but if you touch them more than six times in a month, they charge you $20 and all these extra fees. So I was like, I want you to take my money. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, um, it sits there. I mean, the only time I really have dabbled into it is when I had to pay a hospital bill and um, when I went to Miami. Gotcha, so. <laughs> gotcha.
0: <laughs> but but
1: I, I have let it um, fluff up. Um, mm-hmm. The only time I can ever I allow myself to dip into it when it's not, like, fun or pleasure, which I, like, say, you know what? If you don't have enough money to play, then you shouldn't be going out, yeah. you know? Yeah, but um, is if it's like a really big bill. So like sometimes if I don't have enough in the regular account, I'll use that for student loans or um, mm-hmm. like I said, the hospital bill. But I'm really not dipping in there because I want it to to grow, and I so have other things I have to take care of soon. Mm-hmm. So I know that 50% won't always be possible. Yeah, so I'm just like using what I have now.
0: Gotcha. So you would consider that to be, you know, a financial goal that you're working towards, just fluff, just, you know, getting your savings to look real good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I know you've mentioned a couple of times that you are a counselor. So as someone who works in, you know, the mental health profession, um, do you believe that there's a direct correlation between mental health and the way people handle or think about money?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love that you asked that question, because I I was able to see that from early on, not only through schooling and my practice, but I was just aware of that, Mm -hmm. that there's a connection. Um, You know, sometimes it's um, more like it's sometimes when people are depressed, Mm-hmm. Um, they may be spending money like crazy and going out or spending money on a whole bunch of items for the house if there's someone who, you know, may not be like splurging in the club or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a coping mechanism. Um, other times it's like uh, the person in the club, may keep, you know, be buying VIP and popping bottles. Cause they have self esteem issues, and they feels wow. good to get admiration from other people. You know, you gotta check on your friends who are always turning up. Okay. Yeah, you, you I never. That's such <laughs> a. That's
0: such a great point that you made. I like. I. Yeah. I never would have even thought like, yeah. oh yeah, that guy That guy in VIP. You know, he could yeah. be super depressed right now. Like I never thought of it that way. Wow. Yeah, you just you literally never know, or you know.
1: Um, the person who might be even like a stickler for money, it might just be they're really organized and rigid, like personality, you know, characteristics, or maybe they have some type of like anxiety, um, anxiety disorder, like something's off, you know, Mm. or maybe something is going on where it's like, why do you need so much money, um, come to find out maybe they're in an unhealthy situation where they need to give the money for something else or to someone else and it's just like you just you just never know um people's situation and
0: yeah
1: money is like unfortunately it ties into so much stuff like yeah. we need money to survive mm-hmm. um, and have a roof over our heads so it can get really complicated and I think just being mindful of your relationship with money is um especially as we're growing as we're going into adulthood is so important mm-hmm. so that we don't look back 10 years from now and we realize we blew through a million over 10 years and we could have been saving half of that or something
0: yeah that's so true wow i that's such a that that's such a uh good point you made, and, like, I, I love how you gave an example of, like, you know, the person who could be super depressed, but also the person who, um, you know, could be on the other side of the spectrum and just, you know, have anxiety about something, or, you know, be in an unhealthy situation that causes them to, uh, I guess, in a sense, hoard their money, so mm-hmm. those are interesting points. Um, so, what's one myth that you've heard about savings and money in general, if you've heard of anything at all?
1: Um, maybe not myth, because, I mean, you know me, like, um, I like to work hard and play
0: hard, <laughs>
1: but um, I've definitely heard, you know, like... You know, like, when everybody was saying YOLO? Yeah. You only live once, let's just, you know, splurge, you never know, you got young, and it's just, like, that's not a myth that you should enjoy life, but it is a myth that, like, um, you should be careless
0: because yeah.
1: it's only money or it doesn't matter anyway. Um, I think that in the long run, like I said before, you'll look back and say, oh, hey, shoot, you know, we didn't need to spend 120 in a club on drinks and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> three <laughs> weekends in a row. Like, what? Go home. <laughs> so, and I... And I only use the club because I like to have a good time. Uh-huh. But, you know, like, I'm mindful of, like, what are we celebrating in this moment? Yeah. I mean, if it's a birthday, cool. But if it's just, like, we just go because we have nothing else to, to do. do. And because we have the money on the card, you have to reevaluate things.
0: Yeah. No. That's a that's a good point. I think, <laughs> um, you know, just being young adults and just, you know, being young and wanting to have fun, sometimes we kind of lose, um, I guess you could say, like, the importance of money, because we kind of think, like, oh, well, I know sometimes before I started becoming really, you know, I wouldn't say strict, but before I started being more intentional with my money, I would, you know spend you know 150 dollars on something and be like oh whatever like yeah. it's kind com- of like i'll get it back in my next paycheck but then Literally. you know um you realize that wait i could get sick and not and be out of work or i could lose my yeah. job and be out of work and then and then or what the car, but
1: if you, you know the car or if you know um one of your um, pipes in your apartment or your house and you got to ask the plumber to come fix it. Uh You never know. Yeah. Or you might want to take that vacation and not be on vacation flexing for the gram, but you eating, like, french fries at the dinner (laughs) table because y'all can't afford nothing else. But you want to be able to take a comfortable vacation and know that you could come back to money and to
0: something when you come back home. Exactly. You know. <laughs> That's so funny <laughs> eating french fries at the table. Um, <laughs> you know some places
1: like where a like
0: biscuits are free, but so you're just eating <laughs> biscuits and water. You wanna grandma talking about, I'm in, I don't know, Miami. And then Maine just like, what? That's not okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so funny. So I also wanted to. Um, get your thoughts on the black community and generational wealth. And I wanted to, you know, ask you this question because I know you're such a huge, huge advocate for, you know, the black community obviously. But also, um, I for- did Jay Z dropped four, four, four this year right or was it last year no
1: 2017 okay yeah i was definitely on the beach when i heard that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so last year jay-z dropped 444 and i know that sparked up a lot of conversation within the community about you know generational wealth and um it really got people talking so i wanted to know what your thoughts on that were because i know i've i've heard a lot of people say that you know having general, having generational wealth in, within the black community is something that's possible, but, like, maybe our mindset, or, or the way, you know, the black community handles money and thinks about money, kind of prevents them from creating that wealth, so I, so what are your thoughts?
1: Um, definitely almost everything I do is for the favor of black and brown people, um, and the reason why uh, I'm connected to both brown and black is because of my background. I identify as a black woman,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: though my family is from Panama and Costa Rica, Spanish-speaking countries. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything I do is tied to that. Yeah, I do think it's possible to have generational wealth. Um, for me, I see in a perspective, a perspective of it as being difficult due to. Um, racist systems that weren't created in our favor. Mm -hmm. Um, Institutionalized racism is real and um, we see those systems whether we're aware and pay attention to them or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that we do or a lot of situations we encounter on a daily. So when something's set up for you not to win so easily, it's kind of easy to develop the mindset, like you were saying before, of, well, I'm not going to get it anyway, so I might as well just wallow.
0: Yeah. Or be,
1: like, live every day like it's my last, and now I don't got no money in my account. Mm -hmm. So I think there's certain steps we need to take. Um, As a mental health professional, maybe being honest with your relationship with money might might make you connect to some emotional things that you don't even know you have going on. Um, but it will make you more aware to say, okay, now I understand my relationship with money. Now I understand understand uh, maybe some things I want to do with my life career-wise so that I can get some money. And now I see some goals that I want to do beyond just the job
0: to mm-hmm. ensure that
1: my family has money for generations to come.
0: Wow. Very, very, very true. Very true. So... What, what are some other what are um, some other steps besides just like being honest with yourself and your situation do you think that um, the community needs to take like is there any you know is there anything that maybe perhaps like our white counterparts could do to help us out or is it something that we just kind of have to bear the brunt of it and do alone uh-huh.
1: um, well I can't speak for white people um, I do think people White people just need to um, be aware of their privilege and do do better, and we shouldn't have to fight to be seen as human beings or be seen as whole. Mm-hmm. We're not considered three-fifths anymore, so don't see me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not much I can say, but when it comes to the Black community, I think some steps that we could take, um, for me education is really key. Knowledge is power. And I do not mean you have to go to college or I do not mean you have to, you know, be in Ivy League school and get your PhD or law degree. Like, everybody's not going to go that route. But the fact that you don't want to go out your way to educate yourself and elevate yourself and make sure that you have the knowledge of um, financial stability and financial um wealth and ways to um, eradicate certain toxic cycles it says a lot about you that you don't want to go out your way to do that Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're good and your people are good so we need to do a better job at wanting to educate ourselves so that we could do better Um, you know sometimes it's uncomfortable Um, but in the long run like I said it's really worth it like Mm -hmm. if I didn't sit and Get uncomfortable to figure out my relationship with money, I might still not have a savings
0: account. Yeah. Wow. So, now we're going to go b- kind of switch back to you. If you could go, <laughs> if you could go back in time and give 16-year-old Kenji advice on how to handle money, what would you tell her?
1: Oh, like Oh, I could tell 16-year-old Kenji so much stuff. You already know.
0: Oh, I know. Um, I was obsessed with 16-year-old Kenji as 15-year-old Alex. I was very obsessed. I
1: know. <laughs> oh, my God. We were so cute. I know. Um, loved it. <laughs> um, I would tell her when it comes to money. First of all, because when I was 16, I was uh, also... Um, I was 16 in junior and senior year, so most people are, like, sophomore junior. Mm-hmm. I was um, applying to colleges at 16. If I knew what I knew now, if I mean, if I knew now what I, you know what I mean, right? If yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. I know now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely would have told me to um, apply to scholarships, apply to grants, um... <sighs> don't be afraid to ask for help in that realm because I knew I was going to college, but to say, hey, school, whatever school I was applying to, um, be finding for sure I wanted to go to Selman, hey, um, school, I need some money. There's no way I'm going to be able to pay full four years of full tuition. Can you help me out, please? Um, I think that asking, going out my way to ask for that and advocate for myself wasn't easy but now I definitely would ask the school like if I when I go back to grad school I'm gonna be like hey y'all gonna pay for all of this right oh if not I don't want to go to your school well, so I, I wish I had that kind of like coverage then mm-hmm. um what also I would save your money I definitely took my money when I had my little like seasonal jobs at 16 and um I splurged on either uh, toxic relationships or splurged on things that I thought at 16 were cool and fun and mm-hmm. just like no saving money um, and I also would have told me to, uh, to not depend on others mm-hmm. so like at 16 I was definitely like well I'm going to go to work, college and my family could just send me money And when I run out of money that week, they could send me money the next week. And it's just like, no, you need to, um, be able to, uh, find a job and do something you like or that, you know, you're content with and save your money Mm -hmm. and not think that, oh, if nobody's giving me money, what am I going to do? Yeah. Or.
0: To be self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. To
1: be self-sufficient is super important. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, w- I wish I could tell her that. Like, be more self sufficient, save your money, and apply to scholarships, and don't accept no other an answer when it comes to your business and
0: people funding it. Nice. I love that. So, I have this last question I want to ask. Well, I have a question written down that I wanted to ask you. But instead, yeah. I think another but another question popped up into my head that I think is way more interesting, and I really would love to get okay. your thoughts on this. I'm forgetting, <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. But the young man who went to was it Howard and stole all that money Poor from Tyrone. Yes, Tyrone. <laughs> what do you think about that <laughs> as the last oh question? My God.
1: So first of all, let's shout out HBCUs for being amazing institutions and safe places for black people um, of all shades and colors, women, men, non-binary, whatever the case may be, to educate themselves. I love that I decided to go to HBCU um, straight out of high school. Um, Tyrone is really shady for what he did. And I don't... I don't think that would have went over well at Salman. I think um, Howard didn't take it well either. But I definitely think the ladies at Salman would have turned some things up. No, hmm. I would have turned some my over at <laughs> and he took my money, and then he's talking about I can't get no finance aid, but he's splurging at third coat. Oh, please, Okay, I would have turned some things upside down, but you know that didn't happen at my institution. So. But Tyrone is shady, and admin needs to, you know, get reprimanded, too. How they allow this young man to take um, almost half a million dollars? Wasn't it, like, almost half a million, like, four-something? Yeah, four something, yeah four it was, like, four, something? yeah, it was, like,
0: definitely, like around 400-something dollars that, that he took, so.
1: That's crazy.
0: Literally and students insane. And
1: like, scraping together the last, to a pop- to pay for school, whether it's an HBCU or PWI, they're like, you know what, I really wanna go to college, and I'm like scraping pennies, working three jobs, parents, you know, working crazy hours to support them. That is so disgusting. Yeah. But you know, who will be for his so karma as a... <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is very true well that was my last question and I wanted to say thank you so much I enjoyed our conversation I learned so much I laughed a lot and thank you so much for being a guest on financial flex of course and Lex I'm just so proud
1: of you and I'm glad that you're doing this This endeavor that I can tell you're passionate about and keep doing great things, love.
0: Thank you. I will.